The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. Today, we're looking at the final week of the regular season. I can't believe we made it. Week 18. I'm Katie Mox. Uh, back from my sp- sabbatical. I think I've missed the last couple weeks. Um, joined, of course, by Will Brinson and Sportsline's finest, RJ White and Alex Selznick, a.k.a. Prop Stars. This episode of Pick 6 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. If you like winning picks, make sure you sign up at Sportsline.com and use the code PICK to get your first month for just $1. RJ, my picks are up before the show. So I know that you are not exactly proud of me, but I did my job. Uh, the last episode in the feed is your, are yours up, Brinson? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got, oh, I've got to build into a process. When I put my, when I put my picks into my story, I don't have all, I may need to copy it, but I just take whatever the, whatever the blurb is for the story, which by the way, you can read on cbssports.com. I also issue an apology to Browns fans and sort of talk about the randomness of the full season, very brief breakdown of it. But essentially it's like Browns fans are like, you loser. You said we go seven and 10, you pathetic idiot. I'm like, yes, well, I was wrong. But if I told you that Deshaun no Watson Flacco. played, no, but if I was like, if, but if I was like, Deshaun Watson plays poorly, gets hurt, and you have to start PJ Walker, Dorian Thompson Robinson, both for multiple games, and then drag Joe Flacco off of the street and start a fifth quarterback in week 18, are you telling me that you went 12 and five? Probably not. You're like, dude, seven and 10 sounds great. So I, I and, Interestingly enough, so if you're a Browns you move, fan listening and you'd like an apology, make sure you read his article on CBS Sports. Yes, exactly. Anyway, uh, well, the last episode of the feed was really interesting as well because you had Ryan Wilson, B Mac, Bryant McFadden, and Lee mm. J. debating the merits of resting your starters and untangling the playoff picture. Check that out on our YouTube channel um, or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, I had food poisoning last week, so I wasn't here, but week 17 was not great for the rest of the squad. Um, 
Brinson and RJ two and four prop stars. Food poisoning. Food poisoning. Food poisoning puts you in first place. I had proverbial food poisoning as far as my picks were (laughs) concerned here, Katie. Rough week. Um, I've got a terrible taste in my mouth. Uh, not going to force things as we has the play, as we have the playoffs upcoming here. I am determined to finish over 500. Won't be happening in the regular season as I only have two picks, but I'm definitely going to get on a heater come the NFL playoffs. They need to discuss oh, well, if we're going to do a separate sure. separate. Are we just going to keep it going for the playoffs? Or are we going to do a separate? Ooh. We should we should we, we discuss this offline. But sometimes we've done a game for the playoffs where it's like. Uh-huh. You have uh-huh. uh, a, th- a thousand fake dollars to do over the course of the playoffs. Whoever has the most, and you can do like parlays. You can do, um, for you know, you can okay, do props. You can do, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah, let's we'll talk about it. that um, offline real quick though. RJ, any takeaways from week seventeen? Yeah, tough one. Um, you know, it, it, it's always tough when you get to this part of the season to see who's going to show up and play hard. Um, obviously, Arizona was a team that came out and played hard against the Eagles with their their coach going up against his former team. But other other teams are kind of checked out at this point. So we'll see who shows up in week 18 and who has started their offseason already. Yeah, this week is going to be tough. And I will say for prop stars, there's not a whole lot of props guys out there. This is 2 p.m. Um, on Thursday, but there is prop stars, a lot of incentives for a lot of these players. So hoping you can give us a little bit more insight on who we should be looking at. Um, but let's go ahead and start with the early slate of games. The Steelers are laying four at the Baltimore Ravens. This total 35 and a half. Um, obviously the Steelers are favored here because Baltimore is already locked in the number one seed and they're likely resting a lot of guys. Um, RJ, that doesn't seem to bother you at all. You're still taking the points. Yeah, because if this, if Baltimore is playing this game at full strength, I, I would have them as double digit favorites. I don't think Pittsburgh yeah. is even an average team at this point, based on what we've seen, even though Mason Rudolph has been playing well in that offense and you can only rest so many people. Um, and on defense, Baltimore has a lot of depth. I expect them to have a good game. The cornerbacks that will be featured in this game are the same ones from last week that pretty much shut down this Dolphins attack with Tyreek Hill, and they're not going to face anything nearly that dangerous here. Um, even with that Pittsburgh offense coming off another good Rudolph game in a tough spot, uh, their defense allowed seven and a half yards per play. I think Tyler Huntley can come in and have success. He's been solid as a fill-in starter in the past, not scoring a ton of points, but executing the offense. So I think it could be a tight game. Keep it to a field goal game like last year against Pittsburgh in the same spot when Huntley started. Could see some ugly weather as well, limiting the pass offense, keeping the clock mm-hmm. running, having a low-scoring game. Um, so I, I just think this line should not be north of three. I actually probably would make Baltimore favored even with their backups in because they're so strong and they have a lot of depth, on, especially on the defensive side. And I think they can win a close, low-scoring game here. So at plus four, just love it as a best bet. Yeah, I, I would tend to lean towards the Ravens as well. You're catching the points. It's in Baltimore. You know, John Harbaugh is not playing his starters, but as we um, sort of alluded to earlier in the week, you know, this is not a college roster. You can't just sit everybody. You've got NFL yeah. caliber players going out there every game because they're on NFL rosters. And even if they're backups, you know, about a Pittsburgh Steelers defense has been devastated by injury and an offense that, like, Shout out Chris Trapasso, Traps, uh, friend of the pod, of course, our, our colleague who wrote, like, like I saw a headline on CBSSports.com. It's like, behind Mason Rudolph's magical resurgence with a Steeler. And, and like, and like I was like, I clicked. I was like, I know who the author is. It was Traps. But <laughs> like the, I, the other thing I wouldn't discount here 
and this applies across the board for these games in week 18, when you talk about motivation, the Ravens don't want the Steelers to make the playoffs. The Ravens would yeah. love nothing more than to knock the Steelers out of the playoffs. It like Baltimore, the Baltimore, Baltimore and Pittsburgh hate each other with a with a passion. Now, I, I almost think there'd be more motivation if this was a the Steelers were eight and eight and you could give Tomlin his first losing season of his career. But just as you know, just as much, I think Baltimore will be motivated to play well. I think John Harbaugh will have them execute. I, I think Tyler Huntley's a you know, we saw, we've seen him in spots in the last few years. He's one of the better backups in the league, and he runs a similar. Like, I, I, I think that this is a good spot for Baltimore as well. Two points I would make, uh, just to kind of piggyback on uh, what Brinson and RJ said regarding Baltimore here. Uh, they're going to obviously have to play some starters here, plus the strength of their football team outside of obviously having the MVP. More on that in a second. Uh, is they've had tremendous depth all year long, so I think Baltimore's depth. Uh, is better than a lot of teams here, and we'll see that in this game. Uh, I do want to also take a bit of a victory lap here as we've been beating the Lamar for MVP drum yeah. uh, since earlier than midseason. I would say the first quarter of the season, I uh, thought he was a very viable, realistic value and uh, has turned out to be the now favorite to win MVP and uh, has had a tremendous year. So hopefully some listeners with some Lamar MVP tickets. Yep. We were, we were we were touting him, yeah. I mean, for months, minus twenty, uh, minus like twenty thousand on on DraftKings. I saw. So yeah. All right, moving along to the next game: the Texans at the Colts. A massive, <laughs> and man, this is set up so well because you get the Steelers. In terms of like Saturday is going to set the stage for Sunday. And as far as what we get and what we like, what, you know, there's certain things that can happen where Buffalo suddenly could be playing for the playoff lives, um, et cetera, et cetera. But more importantly, Texans of the Colts, one, only one of these teams can get in. And uh, Alex, you'd like a prop in this one, actually. I don't like a prop. I love a prop for me to have a prop, oh, especially oh. at this stage of uh, the week, Brinson. I have to be all in, and I am all in on Nico Collins. This one checks all the boxes for me. Bet him last week going right back to the well here, even though he's 10 yards higher, but just love this spot, over 73.5 receiving yards. The Colts play more cover three defense than any defense in the NFL. Nico Collins has absolutely shredded cover three defense this year. 3.54 yards per route run. That leads the league. Looked phenomenal last week uh, with a healthy C.J. Stroud on his way to a very big game, functioning as the number one option in this passing attack. Obviously, Tank Dell not active. So, yes, yeah, the Nico Collins show. No one on the Colts can cover him. Uh, so I think he's in line for a big week in a game with obviously high stakes. And Houston has plenty to play for. Uh, with both these teams trying to win this football game. So love Nico Collins this week. Probably one of the few props that I'll be on with like my full level of confidence or conviction. I love that. And I'll ride with you on that one. Um, but I'm also looking at Devin Singletary here for a touchdown. It's a plus 105. Uh, yes, I don't think that the Colts are going to be able to guard uh, Nico Collins, but they the past defense has been getting better. Um, so even with Stroud back, I do think they're going to want to utilize their run game. And when you look at 
Um, the Colts here, they've surrendered more than 110 rushing yards in eight of their last 10 games. And Singletary is coming off of a pretty big game himself, 16 carries, 80 yards against a Titans defense that is pretty good or has been pretty good against the run. Um, at least he only has three touchdowns this year. He has not found the end zone in three straight games, but he does have some interesting incentives. He's already got 125 K for going over a thousand rushing yards. He's also going to get 125 K for having 50% of snaps this season, but he could get another 125 K if he gets up to 55, he's at 52 right now. So just 3% more and he could get 125 K. I do feel like CJ is going to kind of pass him the ball a little bit there. And why not on the goal line for someone who only has three touchdowns all season and who has not been in the end zone for three weeks. The fact that these odds are just plus one Oh five feel like the books know this guy's getting in. I would also add, Katie, too, he has relegated Damian Pierce to a pure backup role. He has a massive stranglehold on essentially every single touch from that Houston backfield uh, that's been running the ball quite effectively as well. Colts rush defense, nothing to fear either. So I like that play quite a bit at those current odds, Katie. Pretty Let's big lineman here, RJ, from um, was uh, Colts minus one and a half, I think, open, and now it's Texans. Minus one and a half. Do you think mm. that's mostly CJ Stroud related? I see uh, Texans minus one and a half on FanDuel. I mean, I have a hard time. This is a, this is, I mean, easily the toughest game on the on the slate to pick, just because both the, you know divisional matchup, second divisional matchup, two teams who are fighting for their playoff lives. Yeah, I think you have really like t- two guys who, if it weren't for Kevin Stefanski, would be getting some serious coach of the year love in Shane Steichen and, and D'Amico Ryan's. Um, Gordon Minshew's played pretty well. Jonathan Taylor running the ball well. He shredded the Texans in his career, but D'Amico Ryan's, I think this is sort of the factor for me, RJ. D'Amico's ability to completely bottle up Derrick Henry leads me to believe he's going to be able to do some of the same stuff with the Shane Steichen offense as well. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with the line move. We got it at Houston plus 100 on the money line, even odds, um, expecting that they should be favored in this game because they are the much better team to me. And I know that the ratings probably don't have it that way. Uh, obviously, the market is kind of agreeing here because the Texans are favored in Indianapolis in a playoff game for both teams. Look at what they did last week. Both had plus 1.6 yards for play differentials and home matchups against bad teams. But that indie defense was not that that impressive to me. Allowed five yards per play to a Vegas offense that is mostly struggled, made Aiden O'Connell look like a legit NFL quarterback, one of the few games where he has looked like that. And um, and C.J. Stroud can come in and I think tear up this this defense here and score a lot of points. And the question is, can Indy match them? And this Houston defense is playing well. You mentioned they shut down Henry. Allowed 3.5 yards per play, just one of 12 third down rate to Tennessee. Now Tennessee is dealing with a lot of offensive line in, uh, issues that the Colts necessarily don't have. Um, but I think right now the Houston defense is playing as well as the Indy defense, at least. And I know that the Houston offense is well ahead of the Indy offense for me with CJ Stroud versus Gardner Minshew. So that's why I agreed with the line move here. That's why I backed Houston when they were small underdogs to win the game outright. Um, I do not like Indy's inconsistency week to week. Last week was the week they were supposed to be the good Indy. And uh, they almost, you know, that game was close. I know that, that they didn't cover and it was really a garbage time touchdown that made it look close, but wasn't that impressive to me when you've taken what the defense did. So I think Houston's going to come in here, win this game. Um, I'm not considering the coach of the year race over. I'm not tearing up my tickets. I still Ooh. hold out hope for the winner of this game to get in because I think what they have done is just as impressive considering where those teams were before the season. Uh, 
as what Kevin Stefanski's done. I mean, Houston was tied for the longest Super Bowl odds with Arizona. Like nobody yeah, expected true. them to to uh, to be a Super Bowl contender. If they get to the playoffs, I think you have to consider that guy for coach of the year. Do you um if they win the division, they need they need help from the uh the Titans, obviously. Titans needs to beat the Titans need to I mean I think it's pretty it's obvious, right? Titans if the Titans beat the Jaguars, the winner of this game wins the division. Correct. Now I think it's like sixty percent so it's like the winner of this, it's like 60-40 rare. I mean, the, the Jaguars are pretty decent favorites. We'll talk about the game in a minute, but I'm with you. I, I wouldn't tear up the ticket. I think if like D'Amico Ryan just coaches circles around Steichen and the, and, the, and the Texans blow out the Colts, you could see and win the division, you could see them get it. It's, it's just going to be hard to upend Stefanski, I think. Yeah, he he he's the favorite for a reason. Um, yep. But you know, you you give do you give him the credit? Do you give Joe Flacco the credit? It seems like a lot of the buzz yeah. has been giving Joe Flacco the credit the last few weeks, you know, getting him in the comeback player race. And if you're going to give Flacco so much credit for saving that team, you know that takes away some of the credit from Stefanski. I know the, you know he's the guy coaching him, and, and he brought him in. Um, but you know, at, at some point, you know, you have to kind of let everybody else in these awards races. I think. Yeah. Agree. Um, all right. Looking at the Falcons at the Saints. Saints laying a field goal. This total 42 and a half. This is a game that I really just don't want to touch because I just don't I don't know how you can trust either of these teams. You don't know what you're going to get. Both of them have a slim chance to make the playoffs. Um, none of us have a best bet on this game. But prop stars, is there any players that we should maybe be looking at for the prop market come closer to this game? Uh, I still, I, it's been frustrating, obviously, as a Kyle Pitts supporter, but I still think there's a little bit of value with Kyle Pitts considering his current role in the offense in the beginning portions of the season, almost three quarters of the season. Just uses a part-time player in this Arthur Smith offense, which is absolutely inexplicable, but we've seen over the past four to five weeks, finally a changing of the guard, Pitts being utilized in a full-time role, having near 100% route participation, considering his yards is right around 35 uh, to me, just being on the field that much with his level of talent, his A dot, his average depth of target makes him a must play for me, even at those yards and as frustrating as it has been for Pitts. So he's someone I'll probably continue to back as frustrating as it's been. So just for uh, clarity's sake here, the Falcons can only make the playoffs by winning the division, I believe. And they need, they obviously they actually have to win and then they need the Buccaneers to lose at Carolina, which... Yeah, get to that game. Well, the Bucks are only four and a half point favorites. It's a little stinky. That line's a little, and Baker's kind of banged up. I'm just saying, you get Kyle Trask against the Carolina defense. I wouldn't rule anything out. Um, mm -hmm. Saints can make the playoffs by Bucks lose, Saints win, Saints win division, but can also make the playoffs if Saints win, um, and Cardinals beat the Seahawks. And the Bears beat the Packers. They would get in as a wild card, as the Those seven seed as well. So, the uh, Bears plus three, and uh, Cardinals at home plus two and a half. Like that's not that crazy a scenario where where that could play out. I think, you know, Arthur Smith. I heard uh, Mike Rafaela point out that he is on the shakiest of ground in Atlanta. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that this team is going to show up in a meaningful way. Maybe on defense, I tend to look towards the under in this spot. If I was going to go anything, it would be the Saints, though. They, I, I don't like the Saints. I don't think they're a well-coached team. I don't trust their quarterback, but I trust their quarterback more than I trust 
the Falcons quarterback and the Falcons coaching staff, RJ. Yeah, I actually think Derek Carr has been playing well the last few weeks. Um, yep. He looks a lot healthier, and he's going to need to play well because it looks like that offense could be without Kamara in this game, uh, dealing with an injury. But I, I think he can go out and win this game. We know the Falcons struggle on the road. Um, even if this is an indoor environment, I still don't trust them on the road against really anybody, um, no matter who's playing at quarterback, uh, you know, because these quarterbacks are going up and down the depth chart right now. Taylor Heineke dealing with an injury. They had less than 100 net passing yards against Chicago when you take out that long Tyler Algier dump and run play, which, which you know, it's not a, not a reflection of how great the quarterback played on that play. It's just great blocking and great play call there. Um, the offense for Atlanta ran for a season high 228 yards in the first game against New Orleans. That's got to be the emphasis for New Orleans in this game is slowing down that rushing attack and trying to make whoever's at quarterback beat you. And I think that they won't be able to do that. Um, that quarterback beat them uh, with how solid the pass defense is playing right now, even though they give up seven yards per play against Tampa, but that was a lot of, you know, second half garbage time type of production. They really played well in the first half of that game. So this number feels about right for power ratings, but I'm with you if I'm playing and I'm going to lean on New Orleans here um, and expect that, that they're the better team and at home they should be able to win and cover here and then see what happens in the play, see what happens with the other teams, see if they make the playoffs. I mean, it's fascinating. These were the two teams that had the easiest schedule going into the season and everybody liked their overs and thought that they were going to be strong teams. And now yeah. they're battling to just have a chance at the playoffs in week 18, not even to be into a playoff spot. So um, a lesson to keep in mind for next August and early September, what you think, you know, you know, doesn't always come to pass. True. You're on mute, Prince. You're muted. Oops, sorry. I get back to this a lot, but like the paint. Remember the Panthers had the ninth overall pick, and they thought trading for Bryce. I mean, they really should have been in the mid. Like this division was open. Like, there's no excuse to have the worst record in football when you're in this division. That's oh, we'll get to them. Oh, uh, we'll get to them. Browns are the Bengals. Bengals minus seven total here of 37 and a half to, uh, tilted towards the under a little bit. Brown's catching a hair of juice as well. I think we could probably see this come in. I don't know if it'll drop to six and a half. I mean, Bengals have kind of been playing with their backups for a while now. They are officially eliminated from the playoffs at eight and eight. The Browns have clinched their playoff spot. And I believe RJ have nothing to play for here. Uh, they're locked into the five seed. Yeah. Cause the Ravens have the one seed. Yeah. They're locked into the five seed. Um, so hence the line move, you know, probably not going to see many Brown starters. And it's like a little weird. It's sort of like Lamar with the MVP where he's like, I'd be curious. I mean, like if they said, is miles Garrett going to play? Cause he's the favorite right now to win defensive player of the year. But, it would make more sense to sit in because you want to win the Super Bowl and you think you got a chance with January Joe coming in town and, and February Flacco. Um, anyway, I would uh, I would I would lean towards getting the seven here with Cleveland. I think RJ. Yeah, I'm kind of that way too. When it was early in the week and it was Cincy minus five around that spot and I expected P.J. Walker to be the starter, I was interested in Cincinnati because I don't think P.J. Walker is good enough to even, you know, uh, execute against this bad Bengals defense, which is a very bad defense, by the way, gave up uh, yes. awful against Kansas City, despite largely keeping him out of the end zone, Butker with all those field goals, but 7.0 yards per play, blow up game for Isaiah Pacheco, blow up game for Rasheed Rice, just was not good. But I don't think P.J. Walker could could uh, could 
execute against that because he just hasn't been great no matter who he's faced. Now that it's Jeff Driscoll, I'm a little interested in Cleveland, oddly enough, because we've seen him have some mobility. We know that he can run with the ball. And um, that's a key against this Bengals defense that now is missing DJ Reader, just cannot stop the run right now. Um, and if you're just having this run the ball game plan, picking up first downs, keeping this low scoring game close, I don't see why you couldn't cover seven against a Bengals team that just got eliminated. They're kind of, you know, they could be, this could be a letdown spot for them ready for the off season um, because they didn't get to where they wanted to go, even though it looked like Jake Browning was going to give them a chance for several weeks. They just couldn't get there. So um, I want to wait and see until if the market gives us Cleveland plus seven and a half before I play it. But even at plus seven, I think with Jeff Triscoll at quarterback, weirdly enough, it's a spot where you want to back Cleveland. Right next up, the Jags are laying three and a half at the Titans. This over 39 and a half. RJ, when I locked this in earlier, it was at five and a half. What did I what did I miss? How did this drop two points? Um, I haven't seen any news on it, but you have to assume this is a negative on Trevor Lawrence's health. Um, I think oh. the expectation would be he come in and come and play. And we've seen he's been a warrior for mo- most of his career and playing through injuries even earlier this season, was not able to do it last week. Uh, but I think the expectation was he'd be able to come back this week. So when this line drops two points, it's probably a reflection of practice status, which I haven't seen, um, or yeah. somebody starting to know some things about he might he might miss the game. So um, well, I know C.J. Beathard played well. That was against the Panthers, a very beat-up defense did not have to do anything in that game because the Panthers offense cannot score against anyone except Green Bay and and Joe Barry's scheme somehow. Um, So we'll see. Jacksonville needs to win here. I'm not sure they will if C.J. Beathard is at quarterback. Um, Titans, you know, Vrabel can show up and play hard. So my lean was on Tennessee when it was a higher number. Now I think it's right about where it should be. So we'll see what happens with the quarterbacks. If Lawrence is ruled in and it it balloons back up around that six area, I think I might still like the Titans. I wouldn't rule out. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Well, I was, was going to say, say my, my, I, you go. I wouldn't rule out the idea that Mike Vrabel wants revenge for last year in week 18 is all I was thinking. Mm. Like, I don't know if he can get it, but it's like the Jags ruined his season by winning uh, in Jacksonville in week 18. I think he would like to get revenge if it is possible. Can't really run against Jacksonville, so maybe not a great spot for Derrick Henry. But, uh, Katie, you actually have a best bet of the game. I do. And this is, look, tail this at your own risk. Obviously, wait if you can to see if Trevor Lawrence is playing because my theory is on him playing, which now this two-point line move makes it a little bit um, fishier. But like RJ said, the Jags need to win in order to lock up the division. They hold the tiebreaker over the Colts and the Texans. Uh, Tannehill likely to start over Levis. Levis, of course, left the game last week um, with, I believe, an ankle injury on a cart. If Trevor Lawrence is playing, I love this. He was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. Um, so we'll see what those rumors are. I just checked online too. Nothing has come out quite yet. But of course, this line is a big indication of that. Um, the Texans, uh, excuse me, the Titans secondary has just been awful. So I do think that CJ Beathard does stand a chance here if it is him. They ranked 25th against the past. Um, but I'm, look, best bet Jack's here, minus the three and a half. So we'll have to see what happens with the quarterbacks. Jacksonville could get a big boost to their offense back as Christian Kirk yes. practiced yesterday. Uh, he's been the Jags' top receiver even over Calvin Ridley this season. Slot man extraordinaire. Uh, dealt with a core injury. Thought to knock him out for the remainder of the season, but uh, was not placed on injured reserve and looks like he could be returning to the lineup this week, which would definitely be a big boost for Jacksonville as their offense, particularly the passing offense, is really cratered without Kirk on the field. And, and worth noting that for DFS, DraftKings price, Christian Kirk at 
the uh, shout out Adam Levitan, Stone Cold Man, $3,000. So expect him to be chalky if he plays. Also worth noting, if the Jaguars lose this game, they still have a path. They still have a path to the playoffs. Ravens and Raiders both win. And the Jaguars would also get into the playoffs, even if they lose. Yeah, the interesting thing the interesting thing about that scenario is if the Steelers and Jaguars both lose, you set up a situation where one of them gets into the playoffs with a loss. But it depends on the Broncos-Raiders game. So you get all these people huddling over the TV watching one game to see who determines their fate between these two teams that lost. So yeah, and, uh, and kind of rooting and, for that scenario. Yeah, I am too, because Steelers and, and Ravens obviously on Saturday – and then Jaguars Titans at one o'clock. So if the Jaguar, if the Steelers lose, the Jaguars yeah. lose. All of a sudden, it's like you're going to get like a you know a bowl like a college basketball tournament announcement situation where the the <laughs> where those teams are sitting in there watching watching to find out if they got in. Buccaneers minus four and a half at the Panthers. Total of thirty seven and a half. Carolina's been kind of frisky the last couple of weeks. Not going to lie. Uh, ever since I proclaimed them dead, and they won a game against the 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 Panther or against the Falcons at home in that rainstorm in front of five people, they've actually been a little frisky. But last if week, they, if they weren't frisky last week. Well, so okay, the owner yeah. was frisky. Owner frisky <laughs> through uh, <laughs> twenty six nothing wasn't frisky. Um, <laughs> the owner the owner friskily threw a uh, friskily threw a drink yeah. onto uh, David Tepper fined, of course, three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, wow. wow. What a, what, a, what a massive fine for a man worth $20 billion. Um, I digress. Anyway, uh, Katie, you've got a best bet on this game. Yes. I think Tepper was the only frisky one um, on the team last week. Look, Bucks win the NFC South um, if they win this game. And Baker could actually, I think he's still a contender for comeback player of the year if he has a solid performance. I know everybody loves Flacco right now. And of course, there was someone who died last year. Um, but if it goes to someone who actually played and played well, I do think that Baker has a shot um, to win this award. So I do think he will be motivated as well to have a good performance. Carolina, um, they are the worst team in the NFL. Uh, they basically quit last week. They were not frisky at all. 26 zip. Um, and they've lost 11 of 12 games in the NFC this year. Bucks 10 and six against the spread. I just, I just don't know that this Panthers team has any fight left in them to even play spoiler here. And Tampa Bay has a lot on the line. So I'll go ahead and lay that four and a half, but we do have to take a quick break here. More, uh, more games. When we come back. You're watching pick six. We'll see you in a sec. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
It's time for the Pick 6 Parlay, where we each select a game of a four-leg Moneyline Parlay. Um, but there are some rules. The person with the best record, which is not me because I wasn't here, gets to go first and second and so on and so on. The Pick 6 Parlay is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Last week, uh, the fellas were done in by the Eagles again. Man, prop stars, these Eagles, they keep ruining the parlay for us. Yeah, you know what um, it is? You yeah. haven't worn that Niners jersey yet. Oh my god, the Eagles are cursed ever since the Niners that jersey. Is, it is since the Niners jersey. I will admit it here that I have caused team. this losing streak. I'm not at all. So I owe oh. the podcast, I owe the viewers, I owe Katie uh, <laughs> some serious crow and a 49ers jersey. So you will see That's me appear right. one shortly. We still love you, and you can make it all right. This mm -hmm. week by picking one that wins. Um, RJ, you're going first, though. Yeah, I kind of want to throw in an underdog and let everybody else kind of do it. free them up to do whatever they want. But but uh, there's one favorite that you just talked about that's sticking out. I just got to go Bucks minus 240. I got to make sure the Bucks yeah. are in our parlay here because yeah. uh, I, I think that line should probably be a little bit higher, like you were talking about. And I don't see how the Panthers have any fight left with this coaching staff that that isn't going to be back. Any of these guys aren't, aren't going to be back. So I, I would assume they check out of this game and, and the Buccaneers win it pretty easily. So Bucks minus 240 first pick. Love it. Brinson. Hard, hard to blame you for that one. RJ, wow, I get second. I went two and four, and I'm, I'm second on the docket. How <laughs> oh, lucky. Um, oh, man, I'm kind of tempted to go with the dog, too. But I don't know if I see one that I love. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll go with the Dallas Cowboys. Never mind. That's, I don't yeah. feel like being the reason this 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 yeah. this this uh, parlay yeah. screwed up. Give me Dallas. Mm -hmm. I don't care if they're on the road. Washington. Talk about a team that's checked out. Uh, if we don't hit one of these parlays by the conclusion of the regular season here, I will be thoroughly disappointed in all of us here. Wow. But uh, hopefully, yeah. this is the week. We've come so close, so many weeks here. Uh, I guess it's up to me to take the dog here. Hopefully, mm. I'm on the same page with RJ. Who well, you don't have to. No? I still have to go too. If you got a dog you like, I mean, like, go yeah. ahead. Let's I, take I, I do like Baltimore as a dog here. So yeah. I, I, I love that. Someone. I love that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with Baltimore. That would have been my pick. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So, yeah, I, 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 was, I thought about taking Baltimore too. So. Okay. So, yeah. Let's make Baltimore. Roll. All right. <laughs> um, um, all right. So, now just for clarity, Katie, we've got obviously the Cowboys, Bucks, Baltimore Ravens currently at three to one. So you could, I mean, you could go back to the dog well if you want, and we double dog and and really crank up this parlay. Well, it, you don't have to. Just don't take, just don't take the Eagles, please. I'm not. Don't worry. You can count on me for that. Uh, I can count I, on I you for that. Of, well, I I think you guys aren't going to like the dog that I like. So I no no. Well, who's the dog you like? I like the Bears. I like. That. I was. I just clicked the Bears to see what the number was because I like the Bears too. You know, the, you know that we well, love the Bears. Because Green Bay got knocked out last year. Dude, remember? that's nine to one. Spoiler. Let's let's do yeah. Bears. Let's Go do Bears. Bears. I, th I think that line is outrageously stinky to yeah. me. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, oh why would the Bears care? Yeah. Well, we'll stinky, dog. stinky dog right there. Stinky, stinky <laughs> dog. That's right. All right. I love that. All right. This is a get your money back. We finished in the positive parlay yes. for week 18. We got the Dallas Cowboys minus nine fifty, and shout out to you know this is uh, I think Fanduel oh no maybe not um, 
Buccaneers minus 240. The Ravens plus 160 in the double dog. The Bears plus 140 as a four-leg parlay that pays out. Plus 877. Spicy. Let's make that happen this week. Reminder, this Pick 6 Parlay segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. The Patriots are hosting the Jets. I think you were supposed to set it up, but I got a best bet here, and I'll move it along quickly. I love the Patriots. Look, this is, in theory, Belichick and Kraft are meeting on Monday to discuss Belichick's future, according to reports out there. The total here is three, 30 and a half. 30 and a half? <laughs> this thing could go down to like 25. Yeah. There's going to be no points. And there's definitely going to be no points for the Jets. This might be this could be Bill Belichick's swan song in Foxborough. His Foxborough finale. And he's going against a team that he has destroyed throughout his career. A team he hates, disgusted by the Jets. He quit on them with a cocktail napkin. You think he's going to let his last game as Patriots head coach be a loss to the Jets? Hell effing no. Patriots by a well, 14, but not by a lot, but by 15. <laughs> I was going to say by a, by a billion, but I mean, Patriots by like five. <laughs> Patriots, yeah, hope to score. Patriots win. Find a way to win. Yeah, wouldn't be opposed to the money line either. Okay. My worry is that bad weather game probably and um, low scoring game, obviously, tight, tight spread, close game. That New England kicker, I would take 31 kickers in the league over him. He is he has not made all of his kicks in a game since week nine. He's good for missing a kick at some point in this game. And if it's one where the game is close, it could be a loss or it could be, you know, Patriots win by one instead of four. And so I just I could not play this game at all. It's going to be a complete stay away. Uh, yeah, I mean, like it's it's definitely going to be some variance. By the way, did you see um, I can't remember who put it out, but it was, I put it in my in my article that I mentioned earlier. The if you flip all the one score games, in other words, like um, the Browns are six and two in one score games, and then you take take the oh, result yeah. of all their take the result of all their wins and make them losses, and all their losses and make them win. So you're not just giving them all of them. Patriots are a playoff team. I think that is really interesting because I think if you do think about the Patriots season as a whole, obviously Belichick screwed up and built a bad team with a bad offense and trusted in some dumb bad things to work out. Bad quarterback, bad play caller, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But they've had really bad luck. Now, no one is going to say, oh, woe is the Patriots for all their years of bad luck. But I'm just saying, it's a team that could have, things could have gone differently. The Vikings at the Lions. Lions minus three and a half over under 45 and a half. Everybody except me has a best bet. So we'll start with you, Prop Stars. You're going to the Jay Jetta well. Yeah, give me Justin Jefferson Brinson over 83 and a half receiving yards. Jefferson is 118 yards shy of a thousand yards, which is pretty wild to think about considering he had a stint on injured reserve, I believe, six weeks. So, yeah, I know Justin Jefferson would like to keep his streak of a thousand yard seasons going. Nick Mullins likely to be under center, I believe, is going to be under center for Minnesota. He slings the ball between the 20s, not afraid to put it up there for Justin Jefferson and facing a Detroit pass defense 
which has been absolutely brutal. Justin has just destroyed them historically throughout his career. Also, Detroit double teams at the lowest rate in the NFL, which certainly benefits someone like Justin Jefferson who's used to uh, facing double coverage. So love this spot for Jefferson. I know it means a lot to him to have a 1,000 yards. I know Nick Mullins is probably the best option for him under center as well to make that dream come true. Wouldn't surprise me to see him clip uh, clips this in the first half. I am taking the Lions to cover in the first half. It's minus one and a half right now at FanDuel. Um, Minnesota's Alive still needs help. Detroit could rest players if they want. Um, you know, they whether they're the two seed or three seed, they're probably a long shot for the two seed, knowing what Dallas is facing in their matchup. Seems like they're going to play starters, though, and, and um, that's what Dan Campbell has indicated. But the market isn't quite buying it. Otherwise, this line would be a lot higher. I mean, I may make Detroit double-digit favorites against Nick Mullins at home in this spot if we knew they were going full out for 60 minutes. Um, so if Nick Mullins is that quarterback, I know he could, like you said, you could do enough against a struggling Detroit pass defense to keep it close. Um, so, so I would worry about the second half play there. So my guess is starters play the first half. Campbell evaluates what's going on in the other games at halftime and potentially plays Teddy Bridgewater in the second half in what could be his last game ever getting to play that against the Vikings. You know, um, mm. how about the poetry there? I know, uh, Brinson loves his narratives and that, that's quite the narrative on that one. Um, so, so I think Detroit first half is a great play even if you you kind of leaning to the Vikings here. So Detroit minus I, one and a half is my play. I, I hadn't even thought about the Teddy B revenge game. I love that angle. I, I love that too. I like the over in this one, 45 and a half. Um, like you laid out, Minnesota has a slim chance to make the playoffs. Lions can possibly move up to the number two seed by the end of the week. Um, but of course, Dallas would... Uh, have to uh, lose that game. Mullins is back. The Jaron Hall experience obviously did not work out too well. This is good for Justin Jefferson. I know so many people that lost their fantasy finals because Justin Jefferson wasn't able to get anything done with Hall. So welcome back um, to Nick Mullins. And like you kind of alluded already, RJ, Detroit's defense has been really shoddy um, recently, especially against their NFC North rivals. They're four and one to the over in divisional games this season. Minnesota's defense for as good as they looked for a while have been really bad over the last three weeks, hitting an over in three weeks straight. And the Lions are good at home, averaging almost 31 points per game. I know that we do have to kind of see how this goes in the first half, but I still think that we can get over this 45 and a half. So I'm taking the over there. Uh, now for my my dog. Oh, yes, that I Alex. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Alex did, had something to did want to point out just really quickly, Jameer Gibbs, uh, I believe it's 78 or 80 yards shy of eclipsing 1,000 yards, mm. would make history with David Montgomery uh, as one of the first backfields to both uh, have both rushers eclipse 1,000 yards rushing. I also right. think that you like to get your first round rookie over a thousand rushing yards. It makes just sort of it looks it looks nice when you spend a first round pick on a rookie and he does that. So that's a good point. I agree. Um, all right. Now for my uh, underdog play in the pick six parlay, the Bears at the Packers. Packers laying three, this total 44 and a half. Um, I had Emery Hunt on my Moxie Bets podcast this morning, and he was telling me, and apparently BMAC had this conversation um, as well. Look, you, you all remember, I was really high on the Bears. I thought the Bears were going to win the NFC North. Obviously, I think I still think I'm just early. I don't think I'm wrong. I think I'm just early. I think next year, this Bears team, considering what we've seen from, from Justin Fields, now if they don't get a new quarterback, could be something big. And we saw who spoiled the Packers last year and all of a sudden are a good team in competing this year, the Lions. So we could see maybe a little repeat of that. The Chicago Bears play um, an upset here. Not a best bet, but just going uh, back into why I like the Bears in this spot. Anybody have any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I love the Bears. Sorry, go ahead, RJ. 
So my worry, my devil's advocate, is that the Packers seem to be getting healthy finally. Um, I think sure. Christian Watson was back at, pra- at practice. I know Jaden Reed got hurt, but some other guys back at practice too. So we'll see how the injury report looks for them. And if they come out with a, a stronger lineup than they have these last few weeks, maybe they can make a little noise offensively. Even against the Chicago defense, that's been playing really well. Um, yeah, they gave up 4.0 yards per play against Atlanta, aside from that long Algier touchdown we covered earlier. Um, and Jordan Love playing very well, despite all the injuries at receiver at tight end. 20 points in seven straight games, only one interception in that stretch, really proving that he is a franchise quarterback and he's going to be the franchise quarterback there at least for the next few years and potentially for another 12, you know, like the guys before him. It's, I, I ridic- also- it's ridiculous how the Packers have done this. I mean, it's three in a row. It's unreal. And I would also add that the running game for uh, the Green Bay has certainly benefited Jordan Love, who's obviously playing well. But Aaron Jones, who looked really poor and was having trouble staying on the field uh, throughout the first three quarters of the season, has been very effective over the final uh, three or four games here. So could be another nice start for Jones, who's really led the way for Green Bay's rushing attack. Yeah, Bears defense has been much better, especially the run defense. But I think Aaron Jones can probably get them in that passing game where he's been dominant. And if the Packers get a lead, wouldn't be surprised to see him grind it down. He should have a lot more touchdowns the last couple of weeks, too. He got really hosed by them giving the ball to A.J. Dillon at the goal line. Cowboys at the Commanders. Cowboys minus 13 and a half. Commanders catching a little bit of juice. A total here of 46 and a half. I thought about this one for a little while. And here's my take. I trust the Cowboys, even on the road, even against a division opponent in this spot. Now, as what typically happens at least once a week, I'm going to give out a best bet of Cowboys minus 13 and a half. RJ is going to have a similarly themed best bet that I actually like better and wish that I thought of. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. But if you look (laughs) at the Cowboys road woes, they lost to Arizona. Embarrassing. But their other road games is like Buffalo, Philly, and Miami, and San Francisco. I mean, those are all four really, really good teams. San Francisco blew them out, but they were right there with Miami. I think the was the Buffalo game might have been not that. Cool. The Buffalo game was no Buffalo. Buffalo destroyed the Cowboys, but then they really should have beaten Philly too. And so I think that you take those four games and group them separately from the Arizona game, and then you put in Carolina and the Giants on the road, and they smoked those teams. And I think this is a spot where Ron Rivera and the commanders have checked out. It's it's vacation season. They have no defense, and they're probably starting Sam Howell again, who's been holding onto the ball behind a bad offensive line and is going to get sacked a ton by Michael Parsons, who well, he's out of, probably out of the race for defensive player of the year, but maybe could flip it a little bit if he had like a five-sack game or something like that. Um, I think the Cowboys absolutely destroy the commanders here. They've been given a gift from the football gods to win the division and host a playoff game, and I don't think they're going to take it lightly. Yeah, my, my issue with playing Cowboys on the line is that if it was Brissett playing, I would kind of like the commanders because I believe he could score yes. points. And even though that Howell has been announced at the starter, I don't necessarily know that Brissett has been ruled out yet. So right. if he is medically cleared at the end of the week and he's able to back up in this game, could see another situation where Howell is terrible in the first half and they go to Brissett and Brissett rattles off touchdown drives and, and covers through the back door. So I am confident that Dallas is going to score a ton of points here. They routed Washington 45-10 in the first meeting. Um, they have all the personnel to take advantage of this awful defense and um, the Washington team has given up not uh, 30 points in nine of their 16 games so far I don't see why Dallas can't get to 30 points with, with one of the best offenses in the league so my best bet is Dallas's team total going over 29 and a half in this game 
Uh, oh, yeah. What's up, bro? I just want to mention real quick, C.D. Lamb coming off of that uh, historic career best day. We talked about how for the first time in his career, he had triple-digit prop line. Obviously made good on that. Another just fantastic matchup against this Washington pass defense. Yeah. Gives up the most explosive pass plays. Plays over 15-plus yards at the highest rate in the league. C.D. Lamb could go absolutely nuclear once again. His receiving line is 93.5. Not afraid to play with how good he's looked. Oh yeah! Wow, ninety-three. And a half. That's I think that's kind of factoring in that Dallas. They're like, oh, Dallas might take their foot off the gas. I don't see how you can if you if you saw the Commanders come back, put in Brissett, come back against the Jets. This is for the division. No, they were dead in the water, and they've been given a gift. I don't think they take their foot off the gas at all. All right, let's take a break. But first. Sunday, the NFL is on CBS, and in the regular season finale, teams are making one last push to keep their postseason hopes alive, including a major late-afternoon matchup between the Bears and the Packers at Lambeau. We'll get you set for all the playoff scenarios, beginning at noon Eastern with the NFL Today. We can't wait. The NFL is on CBS and streaming on Paramount. Plus, Seahawks Cardinals next Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Welcome back to Big Six Podcast. We're uh, moving along for week 18. Best bets for the NFL. Looking at an NFC West showdown between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Seahawks laying two and a half. This total 47 and a half. Uh, seems like everybody's on Seattle on this one. But if anyone uh, can play upset, it's Mr. Kyler Murray. I mean, we've seen him do it a couple weeks now in a row. But RJ, you're you're liking the Seahawks. Yeah, the market is on the Cardinals because it was three and it's come down to two and a half in some spots. And, and at two and a half, I love the Seahawks here. They need win to win, obviously, help to get in the playoffs. I don't like playing those teams that just need to win because it seems like they get to be overrated in the market. Um, but I think Arizona could be a little bit checked out at this game. I know that they just played spoiler. That was for their coach against his former team, Jonathan Gannon. That was a massive win for them. Massive kind of proof that we're not as bad as our record. And they can kind of take this week off. I'm not sure they're going to have the same intensity against the Seattle team where there's less to play for, uh, you know, their rush offense was great against Philly, and Seattle's rush defense was terrible against Pittsburgh. Each had 200 yards uh, in those matchups. You know, Arizona getting it, Seattle giving it up. So that is a spot where Arizona's offense can have success. Seattle's offense was also great against Pittsburgh, seven and a half yards per play. But it was a mix of awesome and awful. And, and I think against this Arizona defense, they're going to get their spot, their points. I'm not sure that'll be the case for Arizona coming off a win um, in a letdown spot here. So at two and a half, love Seattle as a best bet. Um, I think the line should be at least three. Yep, I'm on Seattle as well. It's a spot Pete Carroll, you know, talks about compete, compete, compete. Um, that's right. We don't take dogs, we take the cat. Uh no, but I think the uh I think I, I agree with RJ's handicap of that almost completely, especially the part about Arizona coming off 
was basically their Super Bowl. You go and beat your coach's old team. You make their defense look pathetic. You remind them that Jonathan Gannon uh, was a big reason why they had success and went to the Super Bowl last year. You ruin the Eagles' season. And, like, Jonathan Gannon and the Eagles fans did not get along. He ruins the Eagles' season, and now you come back and you're sort of like, ah. And there's no real motivation to come out and, like, destroy the Seahawks' season, especially when it's not win and you're in for the Seahawks. It's win and cross your fingers. I like the Seahawks in that spot. The other NFC West game, Rams at the 49ers. Battle of the backups. We got the 49ers down to four now. I think it was four and a half, but four with a little juice. A total of 41 and a half. And look, I'll uh, let you explain further, Katie, but I like the under in this one. And I like it because we have seen Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. They're not going to toss Carson wins. The only like throwing of the ball might be to get Puka Nakua the rookie records that he needs to get. Other than that, it's going to be run the ball and make sure everybody is healthy because we are locked into our playoff spots. I think they're yeah, everybody's locked in. They're both locked in their playoff spots because they're not playing anybody. Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz ain't out there to wing it around, Katie. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm like the first time I think on this show, I'm not taking the Niners team total over anything. I'm taking the under in this game as well under the 41 and a half. It's going to look like a preseason game. And like you said, they're just going to be pounding the rock, running the ball. I will say, look at, there isn't anything available yet, but look at Jordan Mason props for the 49ers, because I do Ooh. think that Shanahan's going to elect to rest Elijah Mitchell a little bit more because he is that number one backup to Christian McCaffrey. We're going to want him to be healthy in the playoffs. So um, yeah, take this under, agree with you on, on everything Stafford isn't playing Purdy isn't playing CMC isn't playing nobody's playing in this game but these also are teams that hate each other so these backups these defenses are still going to try to play some bully ball here but well, yes, yeah I, I agree with you in a little uh, the defense will come to play like try to stifle the offense but also these two teams definitely think there's a chance they see each other in the playoffs they yes. there, there's gonna be nothing nobody's gonna like put anything out there that could mess it up I don't think RJ agree no, um, yeah, the, the I want. I wish I would have got this at three. I, I expected the Rams would bench people and rest people, even though some people said they wouldn't because they could improve their spot. They are, they are a little bit of variability there. Uh, they could be the six or seven seed. So the thought mm. was avoid the the seven seed, get the six seed. I'm not sure it matters too much. Um, if you're the seven seed, you get to play. Uh, you know, one of these NFC East teams that might not be as good as their Lions right now with the way the Lions have been playing. So we'll, we'll see. I think the rest was more important there, so I understand why they did it, which I would have laid it with at three with the 49ers, but not going to play it now at four. It's going to be the Ronnie Rivers royce Freeman show at running back for the Rams. Potentially some value here if we can kind of get an idea or a beat on which running back will be utilized more. Uh, we know with Sean McVay, he loves to give the lion's share of the touches to one back. He does not uh, typically deploy committees. He always likes to lean on a feature back. So that'll be something I'll be paying close attention to uh, over the next 24 to 48 hours. All right. Sorry, I could have blacked out. Oh, I'm second. doing the next one. Sorry. Oh, yeah, Eagles yeah. I was like, wait a half <laughs> at the Giants. This total 41 and a half. RJ, you're back on the dog here. 
Yeah, this Philly defense has allowed 30-plus yards on every single drive they've had in the last six quarters, except for Tyrod Taylor's first drive, which was a 14-yard drive because they started on the 14-yard line, and he got three plays and went in for a touchdown. Uh, and then there was one other drive where the Cardinals had the ball with 16 seconds left in the first half and did not get the 30 yards. So um, aside from those, it's been 30-plus yards every single drive. The defense has been terrible. Uh, Matt Patricia, great job by you. Uh, you know, as soon as you got involved calling plays, um, this defense is <laughs> like completely in the tank. Um, so we'll see if they change anything going into the playoffs because what they are doing right now is not working. Um, <laughs> what the Giants are doing offensively is working. Tyrod Taylor is the type of quarterback that can maximize what Brian Dayball wants to do offensively, get the ball downfield. We've seen him hit some big plays, Darius Slayton involved in, in some of those, and um, was not able to move the ball consistently last week, but is able to light up this Eagles defense that isn't playing well. Um, and last week they played this a Rams team that is much better than Philly right now, yet this line is around the same as that Rams line was. I think it should be a lot lower than this, even though my ratings say Philly should be five. I don't think they've caught up to how bad the, the defense is playing. So love the Giants plus five and a half is the best bet. Would not be surprised if they went out and won this game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. I like, I like the Giants in this spot. The Eagles are reeling and really could have like lost the two games out of their bye against the Chiefs and the Bills, and we'd be talking about an all-time spiral in terms of Philadelphia. I think the Giants are absolutely live here. They would have been made the list uh, close on the best bet. Next up, Broncos at the Raiders. Raiders minus two and a half is the best bet for me. Um, uh, total here, by the way, 38 and a half. Look, talk about motivation for all these playoff teams, possible playoff teams. There's no motivation for the Broncos. They've been eliminated. Their franchise, franchise quarterback, Russell Wilson, has been benched. They have turned to Jared Stidham. The Raiders, this entire locker room, wants Antonio Pierce to be the coach. The only holdup I think is that, you know, Jim Har or yeah, Jim Harbaugh hired Don Yee to be his agent. Don Yee represents Tom Brady or represented Tom Brady when he was a player. So there's a Raiders connection there. Also Don Yee, Jimmy Garoppolo's agent, I believe too. And so, mm. you know, he's, he's negotiated. He spent time around the Raiders. He has a lot of connections there. And I think that might be the holdup is Jim Harbaugh interested in this Raiders job. So, in, in other words, these Raiders these Raiders players are going to come to play on Sunday to try and get the victory for Antonio Pierce. Give me Raiders minus two and a half. I would I would disagree a little bit that there's no motivation on the Broncos side. I think there's motivation for Sean Payton to have proof of concept that his offense can operate better without Russell Wilson. So I think he's not checked out on the season. He wants to show that um, not not necessarily that Jared Stidham's his guy moving forward. But that Russell Wilson was holding me back, and 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 you should, I, there should be optimism about me with a better quarterback moving forward. I also think uh, Sean Payton wants to get a good look at Jaleel McLaughlin, running back for Denver. Uh, it's obviously been the Javante Williams show for the majority of the season. Came back from that ACL tear, tore multiple ligaments. Incredible uh, story if you look at the fact that he was able to come back and be as effective as he was, although he's failed to eclipse four yards per carry, I believe, uh, eight of the last nine weeks. I do think Jaleel McLaughlin will receive the bulk of the touches for the Broncos backfield in this game so someone's uh props keep an eye on here as we approach this game all right bills uh i gotta bounce here in just a second but bills minus three at the dolphins over under 49 and a half dolphins catching a little bit of juice the under catching a little bit of juice could have gotten the bills at like minus 120 on the money line earlier this like right on sunday i still like the bills minus three i'm a you know it's a, it's a big number on the road 
but there's a 100% chance that the Bills, I mean, the Dolphins will be motivated here. But man, yeah. the Bills have been great in these spots uh, in week 18. They have like knocked the Dolphins out of the playoffs before. They have just blown out the Patriots in these. Like, they, they, they come to play in week 18. I think this is one where Buffalo is either going to be playing for the division or playing for a playoff spot. I think they find a way to win by three plus points and manhandle. I think it might blow out the Dolphins, honestly. So, Bills minus three, my last best bet. I've got to go. You guys are going to take care of the Chiefs and the Chargers. Yes. All right. Have a good day, Brinson. Thank you for your time. I will recap your picks. And yes, Kansas City Chiefs. Bye, guys. Bye. Um, at the Chargers, Chargers laying three and a half. This total, 35 and a half. RJ, you're not taking the bait here with the Chargers. You still like KC? Yeah, Kansas City's resting starters here. Patrick Mahomes is not going to play. It's going to be Blaine Gabbert at quarterback. There's going to be other key offensive players that rest for the Chiefs, I'm sure. So their offense is going to look like a preseason offense. You know who else's offense looks like a preseason offense? Is the Los Angeles Chargers with Easton Stick at quarterback. Even if Josh Palmer returns from a concussion and plays in this game, that's one good receiver. Um, not No faith in the other receivers they've had and no faith in their defense. And the Chiefs, very good defense, one of the best defenses in the league, very deep defense. I think they can carry this game here. Um, their defense held Cincy to 3.7 yards per play, and they have enough depth to feel a strong unit regardless who's playing there. Chargers defense has been playing better since Brandon Staley got fired. None of these, these guys and these coaching staff are going to be back um, next year. Um, I don't think that they're going to be uh, focused really on this game, a game that the Chiefs do not care about. So there's nothing, there's nothing really to hang your hat on if you win this game. I think Gabbard's going to come out and, and win this game for Kansas City, even with the backup. So getting the hook at plus three and a half now that it's gone through the key number. Love being able to get that with Kansas City here. I love it. All right. That is going to do it for the show. Let's go ahead and recap the picks for our best bets. Uh, I'll read Brinson's. He's taking New England minus the one and a half. He's laying the 13 and a half with Dallas. He always a lot of favorites here. He's saying Seattle minus two and a half as well. The under in the Rams and Niners game. He's also going to lay the points with Vegas and also with Buffalo. Wow. No underdogs for Brinson this week. Very interesting. I'm looking at um, a Devin Singletary touchdown. You can find that at plus one Oh five. I like the Jags minus three and a half Tampa Bay minus four and a half. And I like the over in Minnesota and Detroit. That's at 45 and a half and the under in Rams and Niners. Uh, I have Baltimore plus four. I believe their backups are good enough to hang around with the Steelers and potentially win that game. I have Detroit minus one and a half in the first half. I do believe Dan Campbell that he's going to play his starters. I think that might change at halftime when he sees what's going on in the Dallas-Washington game. I have Dallas going over 29 and a half points on their team total. Uh, Washington gives up 30 points to, to nine of their 16 opponents, and Dallas should make it 10. I have Seattle minus two and a half. That line should be at least three. I have the Giants plus five and a half against a very bad Eagles defense that needs to get its act together heading into the playoffs. And I have the Chiefs plus three and a half because it's one preseason offense against another. The Chiefs should not be catching points in this spot. And uh, yeah, I've got two props. Nico Collins over 73 and a half receiving yards. Texans with plenty to play for here. CJ Stroud will be uh, playing quarterback. Nico Collins has looked very good when the, both the pair have been active together. And then last but not least, Justin Jefferson over 83 and a half receiving yards. He's 118 yards shy of 1,000 yards despite missing uh, close to seven full games. So certainly an impressive feat. I know he'd like to keep that streak alive facing a Detroit defense who has a very vulnerable pass defense. He's had great historical splits against. 
I love it. And that is your week 18 recap for our best bets. We made it the entire season. Of course, we're still going to be doing the postseason as well. Make sure you join us all week long for more NFL coverage, including the Super Friends this Sunday night as they recap the final week of the NFL season. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube page. And if you're listening to the audio version only, do the same. Download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. On behalf of RJ, Prop Stars, myself, and Brinson, we'll see you next time.